Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other's stories and learn from listening. Carly Baldus, welcome back to the Share Chair. Thank you. I'm glad you're with us. It's very cool to be back. Yeah, so, so I'm mostly, well, I don't know, maybe our way into the conversation is actually to say you're in a totally different occupation than you were last year at this time. Yeah, I actually, uh, this morning, listened to the old podcast so I could remember where I was the last time I talked to you guys. Um, And yep, completely different. Um, I'm now at Harbor Psychological Associates, which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful place. I've found my home and uh, just love everybody there and love uh, the opportunities that I have there. And at, uh, so... Catching people up, yeah. I was doing part-time therapy, part-time um, teaching, and unfortunately, at the end of the year, kind of like a lot of things have happened at that school in my life, um, it looks like they were going to have the class again. Everybody wanted to do broadcasting, um, and normally it's about numbers, and we had the numbers, and all was going well, and a couple weeks before school ended... The principal, the assistant principal came and said to me that they decided to eliminate the class altogether. Mm-hmm. And we had been doing part of the Share Chair podcast. We had been doing the daily announcements and all sorts of different things throughout the school. But um, some new people came into power and decided they wanted me to come back full time to teach math. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. assistant principal who was talking to me said, I told them you would say no. And I said, yep, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, so that meant I was done teaching forever. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of mm-hmm. decided for me. Um, so it was a little bit of a shock because I thought I had a little bit longer to go. Okay. But it ended up being a blessing because I wouldn't have left unless they made that decision to get rid of it. And so now I can just focus mm-hmm. on one thing. So what about that transition? I mean, you, uh, how long have you been working on school, schooling? Like, like you were a teacher. Now I got to teach. Now I got have to get a new degree. I have to do that. I have to yeah get back in it. Yeah. Uh, what was that process? Yeah. Well, I had to really do. I never thought I'd leave teaching, so I had to do some thinking about why would I want to leave, and or like what else could I do, um, and. Psychology seemed like the perfect fit. What I loved about theater, I could still do. I could, I, I do drama therapy now, mm-hmm. which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. And um, being able to work with the, the kids that I still work with, but in a way where I have more control and can sit down one-on-one and mm-hmm. still help people. So I liked that part of it. And after really searching, I figured out that's what I wanted. And most people... Oh, I actually started program and ended the program like before my friend that was already in it got close to ending. So I went pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked ha- part-time in the morning and then I went full-time until I could get the degree. Mm-hmm. So I've actually been out counseling people for two years now Yeah. in the profession. Yeah. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit more the drama therapy? Because I have no idea what you, what you mean when you say that. So yeah. just like, what is it? Yeah. So since I had a master's degree in drama and theater for the young already, and I knew the power of theater, I decided to look and see, is there any way that I can incorporate theater into therapy? 
But what it what it is really is we just look for other ways um, to communicate. So if someone is really interested in writing, then we might do more of writing a story and rewriting a story about let's envision, with someone I was working with, let's envision you actually doing well on the ACTs and how great that would be and what would happen and kind of writing that story out. Or if someone was into music, like one person told me their favorite song, and then we went through the song lyrics and talked about what stood out to that person, what those words meant to them, and kind mm. of did therapy through that. And you said that could be as a group, too? Yes, I've been trying to do groups, yeah, but groups are I, I really know. tough yeah. um, because they have, to, they have to know they can trust you. Mm. So most of the time, the groups come with people that have already worked with me and already know we have that relationship and they feel safe. Um, but groups are... Groups are tough because a lot of people, especially now with social media and the way everybody communicates, we just don't like talking to others and especially exposing ourselves to others, Mm -hmm. being that vulnerable. So how do you find people overcome that vulnerability in their, like if they are in a group setting? How does that play out typically? Well, with that, it's really similar to uh, theater. And what the kind of stuff you do, you know, trying some activities that are low risk and seeing that it's okay and then gradually moving to higher risk things. But you have to really, it it takes a skill and knowing people and knowing what they can handle and just gradually pushing them a little bit beyond their comfort zone Mm -hmm. and seeing they're okay and keep working towards that. And so this has led to um, a passion or a a desire or um, a curiosity into using 13 Reasons Why as an entry point to discuss suicide, teen suicide. What Could you explain what you're trying to do or what you're starting to do yes. on Wednesday already, October 3rd? Yep. Okay, uh, maybe giving us some, some baseline information <laughs> and... Sure. So when I uh, so I specialize in counseling with uh, couples and teens, and really with families. And uh, so many teens were sharing this uh, TV show, Thirteen Reasons Why, and I eventually watched it and was very emotional. Uh, at one point, almost didn't think I could keep watching, and then I said, "No, I need to watch. This is what they're watching. I need to see what." what's happening. And looking at the discussion that was going on in the therapy community and out just in general public about, is the show beneficial? Is this going to cause people to have suicide? And the pros and cons of all of it. Talking to a lot of my clients, so many of them could relate to what was happening. I really relate Mm -hmm. to this character. I've felt this before. It was nice to know I wasn't alone. And they just found such a connection to certain characters that I, I felt like we needed to talk about that rather than just have them watch it and then not process it, not deal with all the emotions that comes up when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about doing a group, and one of my supervisors said, I think you need to add the parents. And I actually said to her, uh, teens aren't going to come if their parents are there. <laughs> and... But then I threw it out to a couple of my clients and said, how would you feel about your parents coming? And surprisingly, they all said, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about the benefits of how the teens were feeling that their parents didn't understand them, didn't understand what life is like now. We don't. I mean, I'm a parent. 
I did not have 24-7 social media. I did not have, oh my goodness, I was just learning about the hookup culture. I did not have <laughs> um, so many of the things that they're dealing with right now. It's a different world, as we always say. And yet, as parents, we're parenting from, many of us, the old school approach, the, the way our parents raised us. Mm-hmm. Um, I started thinking about how teens say, um, I don't want to talk about it. Um, they they think, I've hit an age now where I can't ask my parents. It's, I should already know. I should be grown mm-hmm. up. I've got to, I got to prove that I'm, that I know the stuff, but they don't know. And so they're just not talking about it. And parents are saying, well, my teen doesn't want to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Or they say, if we talk about it, then they're going to do it, so I don't want to talk about it. And there's just this gap of information that we maybe have the sex talk, but after that, it's like we don't talk about how they should handle cyberbullying and how they should handle someone who commits suicide in their school and how they should even deal with all these decisions that they have to make. So the idea behind this group is a chance for teens to express how they're feeling. Um, they'd watch an episode with their parents, they'd, a parent if only one comes, they'd answer some questions about how they felt characters in the, in the show handled things. Parents would do the same. So hopefully exposing parents to holy cow, does this really happen? You know, mm-hmm. is this what it's mm-hmm. like? Because every parent I talk to has, just about every parent I talk to has not seen it, yet every kid has. Yeah. And that to me is an issue too. Your kid is watching this and you don't know what's there. So mm-hmm. having that discussion about how people have handled it, is there a way to handle it? And really having deep discussions about things where we don't have an answer. We don't know how to make it better. What do you do if someone sends a picture of you to the rest of the school? Yeah. You can't take it back. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do? It's yeah. a new world out there. So having that discussion and hopefully getting some empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Man, mm-hmm. what a world it would be in if parents could empathize with their kids and kids could empathize with their parents. That maybe they're making these rules for my benefit they're actually considering what I'm saying. They're not just trying to be mean. So that's the goal. And with it, support from other parents. Oh, you're doing this? Oh, maybe yeah. I should consider that. And supports from mm-hmm. other teens. You've seen this? Me too. And so we're not alone. What do you think is, how do we miss that in the house? I mean, why do we miss that? It feels like... I'm doing this for your benefit. Let me lay this out for you. It seems like a conversation we can have, and maybe we think we do have, but oh, the kids aren't we hearing it. Or so do we go? So, I said they can come talk to me whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. Teens not going to mm-hmm. come talk to you. Mm-hmm. They don't want to admit they don't know. They don't want to admit they need help. There's some things they're embarrassed about, or they'll say, "My mom can't handle it." Or my dad can't mm. handle hearing that. They won't know what to do. It'll freak them out. And so they're not talking about it. And they're talking to their friends. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. They're talking <laughs> to their friends who've given them baloney advice about the fact that they've been raped and it's their fault and all sorts of things. Mm. Makes me super irritated. Because um, teens don't know what's going on. They're doing the best they can mm-hmm. and they're, getting, they're picking up pieces of what's happening and making sense out of it. 
I must give my body to someone else in order to be loved. Um, and we're missing it. Parents have no idea what their kids are doing. Yeah. So, so with this group, you're using 13 Reasons Why as an entry point. Yes. Are you Are you really guiding the conversation to be about suicide? Or does the conversation uh, go where it goes? It's going to go where it goes. Um, and, you know, that 13 Reasons Why is not just suicide. Right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of discussion about... Um, can someone really be the reason why you commit suicide? Is it mm. one person's fault? Where did we as a society go wrong? What are other resources that people can use? How do you handle when this happens? But there's all sorts of things from there's rape in there and there's cyber stuff going on, there's stalking, there's gossip, um, there's popularity. So each episode really has new things to explore. And so we bring those up and. And then it's about the group. So I'm actually going to ask the group, once they have answered the questions and talked at home about the questions, then what questions do you want to explore as a whole group and get into? And then we'll just go based on the conversations we're having. The nice part is it's structured enough where you don't have to worry, like, what will we talk about? Will you get into stuff I don't want to talk about? Because you can decide what Mm. you... What you yeah. answer. You have time to think about it on your own and know where we're going. And is it too late if people are interested in this? So, or? great question. So, um, what what's happening now is it's starting October 4th, um, mm. Wednesday. It is going to happen at Harbor Psychological Associates. I was doing it in Grand Rapid or Grand Haven, excuse me, but unfortunately we didn't get enough interest in the Grand Haven location. And if I do it at Harbor Psychological, then certain people can use their insurance, which was mm. an issue like I can't pay the cash. Yes. So mm. this way they can they can use their insurance if they want. It'll be 6.30 to 8, so an hour and a half each week, off for Thanksgiving and Christmas time. And if they're interested, I'd love to still have people involved. It, it is asking you to do it quickly, to, to contact me quickly, and they can go to my website or they can call um, 231-726-2299, which is um, Harbor Psychological, and be passed on to me. Um, but if, I, if they don't catch this one, and there are people contacting me saying, I'm still interested, I'm sorry I missed this, I'd love to do it again. Mm-hmm. I think this mm-hmm. is, it's always hard to be the first people to, to jump on board of something. Mm-hmm. They're scared, what will happen, can we trust you? But my hope is that the people that experience it, it's going to be, I think, life-changing for their relationships Mm. and just how they handle things. And that, the word of mouth will spread where they'll want to do it. Um, Harbor Psychological is where? Good question. It is in Muskegon, um, kind of near the downtown area. That tends to scare a lot of people, but it's in a fine neighborhood. Um, It's in this nice house, um, older house that's, that's a really nice place. And so I'm thinking about, um, you know, that gap, mm-hmm. actually. I like how you worded that, Maddie, a gap of information between parent and teenager. Um, certainly a television show like this can be a way into that conversation. Yeah. If people don't do this, you know, uh, this, this time around sure. or something... 
What are some other suggestions you'd encourage for that kind of gap to decrease? Yeah. So one thing, I have a nine-year-old son, and he likes to go on YouTube. And so one of the things that I've even started doing with him is asking, what are you seeing on YouTube that's different than what's at home? Or what kind of things do you see that you might have questions about? Or when have you seen people using language that we don't use? Um, and checking in on, on those things early on so that you they can get more comfortable with those discussions before it gets to the teenage years where it's like, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think TV shows and popular culture is a great way to get in because it says, I care about you and where you are. So as a parent, I think that's kind of the way to get in. Like if you see something on TV, whether it's news related, you know, wow, Khloe Kardashian's doing this. What do you think about that? How would, you know, how would you handle this? Um, And trying to have that discussion. The hard part happens when you haven't shown interest up until then. Mm. And then the teens say, why are you asking now? Mm. You never cared before. Yeah. And they're done. Um, and that's where it gets really challenging to get in there. Yeah, because now I'm showing interest. And yet, and yet you've, at least I, I'm a parent, so I feel for a parent who's, right. like, who's like, oh, enlightened and goes, I acknowledge I should be paying mm-hmm. attention to this now, right. but you haven't been doing the back work. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how you do that back work when it's right. also, you know, when you are currently enlightened. Well, I don't know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things I really like doing as a therapist. Well, yeah. Um, you know, getting that uh, a third party in. Yes. So if, <laughs> if the teen can see that I care and that I get it, and then I ask their permission, can we bring mom or dad in for this part? And I explain what I'll do. I make sure they're okay with it. And the hard part for mom and dad is waiting till they're okay with it. Yeah. They might not be right away, and, and seeing what ways we can get them in. So one time I was having a discussion with the client about sex, and I said, you know, mom's downstairs. Can I bring her up to join the discussion? And she was okay with that. Another time, a teen's complaining about mom not getting it and writing that down and then saying, is it okay if I bring mom up and we share this with her? Um, but it gets challenging. Can mom and dad handle it? Right. So I also have to check in with them and make sure if we share this really important information with them, are they going to handle it well or are they going to cause more harm mm-hmm. when we share it? So it gets, it gets a, a, it's a careful thing to work on. But if that's where a parent is at, I'd say finding a third party to kind of work through it yeah. can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Maddie, I think about... I can't help but be like, well, we've got a teen in the room. (laughs) So in terms of like closing that gap, I mean, is that, is it, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, me neither. Um, (laughs) I think everything you're saying, I feel like you're hitting on like awesome ideas. Like I've been sitting here, you're talking, I'm like, oh, well, how would someone overcome that? And then you start talking about it, I'm like, oh, that's a genius idea. Like, (laughs) I don't know, I feel like that's really good. Because I want to make sure that I'm understanding from everybody's side. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely think you're doing some awesome things. Yeah. I think everything you said is <laughs> all I'd ever not even be able to come up with. So So yeah. this change, I mean, just thinking about concluding our conversation, this change in career has been good? 
Yeah, so... <laughs> it's shaped you, it's made you see things. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, what a wild um, last first, four years. At first it was scary, um, especially being let go from the school and going, okay, my income is strictly based on who I can bring in. I have mm-hmm. to make sure I'm bringing in enough people. But at the same time, it's about what can I do, what services can I provide, and that's where... I love going is how can I use what I'm good at to help um, everybody else out and finding that niche and seeing how that's working has just been great and I wouldn't have taken the leap without the job ending so it worked out yeah awesome yeah I really think that's amazing um and we ask this at the end of every interview um if you had to give advice to someone maybe a teenager a parent um anything you'd want to put out there uh, that you'd want people to know, what would you say? Ooh, that's hard because it's not <laughs> so narrowed narrowed down. I guess the new thing I'm doing, I will say I, I am on Facebook and Carly Baldus, M-A-L-L-P, and each day or so I try to post new bits of information, tips and tricks and things to help with mental health just in general in the area. If there's things mm-hmm. happening, I'll post about your guys' podcast. I'll post different research things I'm finding out. And really the biggest thing that I would say that's so important that I'm learning and, and constantly being reminded of is the benefits you can have from looking at the positive. Did you know that research actually shows if you spent each day um, thinking about three positive things that happened each day and doing it for about 21 days you can reshape your brain so that you're noticing and feeling more of the positive you're having more resilience and not being bogged down by all the negative our brain instantly goes to the negative stuff and picks up on what's the problem and can dwell on that for a long time but being able to see the positive can just shape how your whole day goes beautiful thanks carly Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode.